welcome, Matt Kozar. Glad to be here. Actually, I even prepared for this. Nukne. That is um, Klingon for what do you want? <laughs> like, I actually did. I was like, you know, I was like, okay, Star Trek fan here. Do you speak Klingonese anyway? Do you- I need to brush up on it. I'm a little, I'm a little, uh, a little uh, out of touch with it, you know, just, uh, yeah, it's, it's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a while since, you know what, it's, it was so funny because I actually, uh, well, for anyone who's listening, Matt and I have been friends, you know, we've been friends for a while. And um, yeah. one of the things we've always, we've bonded over is our dorkdom for like, you know, <laughs> Star Wars. And you're like a Star Trek fan and I'm moderate on the Star Trek fan, but I decided, I, I was like, oh, I got to figure out a greeting for Matt. So I'm going to go, <laughs> of course, there's a whole website dedicated to, Klingon, which by the way, it's Klingonese. I had no idea. I had never but heard it referred to as such. That's amazing. Klingonese like conversations. And apparently there are like 300 people in the, in the, in the world that are completely like fluent in Kling- <laughs> like where they can speak it and understand it. And I also read that in 2012, there was a, a man who tried to raise his child from birth as a Klingon, like speaking the Klingon language and everything. That's dedication. That's, that's, that's an all new level of fandom. I, yeah, I, I can't even begin to fathom that. that, that that's amazing. <laughs> dedication uh, I, is I, one I, word for it. <laughs> that, just to set the record straight, I'm also a Star Wars fan too. So yeah. I do not, I do not, I do not uh, discriminate against anything <laughs> nerdy, so it's, it's all good. I mean, I have some some uh, you know blind spots, you know, like Doctor Who. I, I don't know anything about Doctor Who. I need to like delve into that at some point, but yeah, you know, no stranger to anything nerd. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so funny because like neither am I, and I feel like that like it's kind of like all inclusive of like music dorks too for some reason right. i don't know what it is but the dorkiest of music people like you know like us you know and and of course that's like a total like badge of honor for me to be considered a dork of anything but right. you know people who are really into like fanaticize on music and bands and whatnot they always have these other mm-hmm. side things you know and generally right. it's some sort of pop cultureized like you know Star Wars, Star Trek, right. some sort of right. like sci-fi or, or or even if it's just other types of movies. So I've always been super fascinated by other people's fandom, you know? Yeah. Like, you know, like it's, oh. it, it's interesting because I think, I, you know, I wonder if there's any parallels, like any correlations to like, you know, being into like sci-fi, being in the rock and metal because it's, you know, it, it's all like escapism in a way, you know? And like, if you just can't deal with the day to day, <laughs> you, know, you escape into music you escape into you know just other you know universes other realities and all that and, and you know realities is, is challenging so let, let's go to our happy places music and and you know tatooine <laughs> you know and it's so funny because like even if you know like like when i think about like when i was a kid in the 80s listening mm-hmm. to dio and you know maiden mm-hmm. and all those bands and you know, there was so much imagery wrapped up in those 
bands and almost kind of, you know, especially with like Dio, there was, uh, there was right. this kind of sense of, you know, this, this like mysticism and, you know, yeah. castles and dragons. And right, thieves, right, right, right. That fantasy kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. And it was like total dungeons and dragons, you know? Right. And then, yep. you know, you had, yep you know, twisted sister who was like, you know, you're the fat kid, but you can, you still rock. Right. right. <laughs> Kick ass, you know, like right, you know, right. you're our dude, you know? And I'm like, yeah, you know, and <laughs> so it's always amazing how, like you said, like how, you know, things just kind of kind of entangle, you know? Oh yeah. And, yeah. Like, like two of my favorite albums of all time are Iron Maiden somewhere in time. And mm-hmm. I think it's like, just like that, like, you know, cyberpunk kind of futuristic kind of vibe that they i think really encapsulated in that album right. and then megadeth rust in peace like you know hangar 18 like that song just <laughs> it's an amazing song in and of itself but just like you know the the, the sci-fi imagery and all that is just that that had me hooked i was like oh everything coming together in one package i'm in <laughs> it was amazing how thought provoking so much of that music and those bands could be far beyond mm-hmm. what so many people, especially, you know, like our parents or, you know, mm-hmm. teachers or whatever, you know, that, you know, you know, that, you know, they would look at an Iron Maiden cover and be like, that's the devil. And then like all of a sudden, <laughs> you know, you'd be quoting Samuel Taylor Coolridge the next day because you just listened to rhyme of the ancient Mariner 20 times, you know, and all right, of a sudden you're right, like, right. dude, literature is awesome. right right i mean i i mean i didn't just pick up coolridge and poe and all these dudes just for light reading just for fun right 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 i was like maiden i I gotta read this guy (laughs) (laughs) yeah exactly but it was really it's really interesting so like you know but to kind of touch on the whole like you talked about like somewhere in time and things Mm -hmm. like that obviously that sci-fi um, is a big influence on you creatively. And, yep. you know, like, I mean, I, obviously I've been a fan of yours since I heard, first heard Brave and, mm-hmm. you know, you and, you know, Scott uh, Lousy together is like this incredible guitar team for me. Like, I just love hearing that. But it was last year, I guess, when they, when the, you and Scott did the Stellar Death thing and all of a sudden i was like wow that is this total like it's a sidestep from from brave and then you come over and you all of a sudden you're doing your thing which is day of departure right and again like i said you know being not only being friends with you guys but being a fan for so long you know one of the things i always thought was cool after learning this was that it brave kind of became like an umbrella you know, like, yeah, like, exactly. like, like brave music. And right. you know, now you've got, you know, these two projects, maybe some more coming up. Yep. Like that's a really cool thing to be a part of a band that is so supportive of its members own needs to do something. Right. Creative. So was that like a long time coming to get to that situation? Or was that <laughs> kind of like a, like a, like a, if something ever comes up, just do it. Do you know what I mean? Well, yeah. Um, it's a good, it's a good question. So I, I would say that um, it wasn't like totally intentional that we, you know, started like in 2019 mm-hmm. with this whole concept of brave music. I think it was, there was always, you know, 
songs that we would write and it's like oh this isn't quite fair brave you know let's put this to the mm-hmm. side or try to set up different projects and it was i think in the like summer of 2019 there was some random um there was some random like uh challenge like they i forget what company it was but they essentially put out this like random drum beat like they're promoting their plug-in drums or whatever and it's like mm-hmm. oh write some music to this and scott and i were like oh let's try this out so we wrote some like crazy metal stuff to it you know we approached it from different perspectives you know he has like a a really significant we both you know come from a metal background but he has more mm-hmm. of like that prog kind of uh flavor and i've got you know more of like a i don't know death post-rock metal kind of stuff and mm-hmm. so it was like interesting how we approached it so differently and we're like this is kind of cool you know i'm wondering if we can like somehow merge this together and it was all instrumental right and it was like super easy to do because you have recording studio stuff at, at home and mm-hmm. um so we decided to uh try it out just get together and work on some songs like with that kind of a mindset let's do some instrumental metal stuff that we probably couldn't pull off live <laughs> right, so let's, right. Like, really challenge ourselves like not have be constrained by what we think we need to play live and <clears throat> that was sort of you know we, we worked on a couple songs like yeah this is pretty good and then it, it evolved into over the course of like three or four months in uh in um late 19 into early 2020 like settled death was basically born and and mm-hmm. um you know we released the album in 2021 but it was all in that first few months that we had this like really creative output of all these different songs and then it sort of further evolved into like us exploring like really ambient kind of stuff that which mm-hmm. for me is has always been sort of like that, that soundtrack sci-fi kind of component it's always been something that i've been drawn to and it's like how can we integrate more of that into this music too so um and i mean f- for that so that was the organic way it happened and then it was like well we have all these ideas and let's let's put it out let's do something with it and it was kind of that you know idea of scott to like say like let's have it under the, the brave music umbrella you know we're still brave we're still collaborating together and uh you know when we were looking at the, the suite of songs that i had written for um what is now known as day of departure mm-hmm. you know it's like we should have this as a, its own distinct thing too you know sort of following that model of like it's not quite what we would typically do with brave in and of itself but you know we're all going to collaborate we're all going to work on it let's let's put it out and, and not constrain ourselves by what we could or should be you know putting out with brave let's just do we want it well what we want to do and i think it's uh, evolved into a really cool concept that it, you know gets all the ideas that we you want to get out there out there and exploring different styles of music and you know looking forward to doing more and doing other types of styles and such with uh with the same, you know, cast of characters that are in Brave. I mean, another thing that I really loved about this this whole concept is that, well, for one, it's kind of like a musician's union. Like you've already got, like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, how fucking cool is that? Just to be like, you know, I wish I knew somebody who played violin, you know, and like, right, oh, right, right, you know right, right. I have one of those, you know, like, right, right. so it's this really kind of cool concept. Um, you know, from someone like myself, who is also a, you know, a songwriter and a musician to have, you know, I mean, I don't have that, but Mm -hmm. to look at what you have and like what you all have as a, as a core group, like you've got so much at your disposal that you're, you know, like, and it's, and like you said, like, I mean, basically this album, it was everybody, almost everybody in brave, if not everybody in brave, but it's not brave. And it doesn't right. sound like Brave. 
And sure. so it's you were in the the captain seat, you know, like <laughs> was that kind of a weird role for you to take knowing that, you know, you're not really in that seat, say like with brave, like how did you adjust to that? And how did they work with you? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, we always are able to collaborate with one another. I mean, that's one of the reasons why this, the brave music concept works. Like we just work well, to, we, we like each other. We work well together with each other. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, um, having coming to the table with this whole concept, like sort of like, you know, 90% there, it was um, not anything that was like, Oh, I'm in the driver's seat. I had to have this do this way. I was like, that wasn't really, that wasn't the case at all. It was more like, here's the foundation for these songs. And, you know, I need to help, need help thinking about how to like um, frame out the drums and here's some ideas for the the bass, but there's like, there's plenty of room here. And um, you know, the interpretation of, the lyrics that I had with, you know, working with Michelle, like you know, she brings to life the lyrics in ways in which that, you know, I didn't really even foresee when just, you know, thinking of the concept. So, you know, it, it's starting with like a, an initial sort of pal of the songs, but it, it really evolved and takes shape by virtue of the way that we're all able to collaborate. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, just have that, had that little bit of a push, like, Oh, let's, let's, let's work on something. This, this concept that's a little bit, you know, different from what we would typically do on Brave, but again, just uh, it, it's been great to be able to have everyone contribute. Understanding that we all come from like these very musical backgrounds too. You know, like we all have um, different influences that I think we we're allowed to, you know, tug on to be able to integrate into this and to, to make right. it sound, you know, unique, different, and um, yeah, just really happy with it. It. And I think the other thing that I, I've really loved about uh, especially the album is that I feel like sometimes when band members peel off, you know, and do something on their own, sometimes it's so blatantly obvious. You're like, oh, so that's <laughs> the element of that band. Do you know what I mean? Right, if that right, makes right, sense. Right, like, right, you know, yeah. you know kind of like when. You know, when Adrian Smith left Maiden and he put out the ASAP album, I don't know if you ever heard that, uh, Silver and Gold. And it's fucking amazing. You know, he sings lead on it. You know, play, uh-huh. But you could tell the element of Maiden that he right. was, you know. Yeah, Whereas, like, yeah, with yeah, yeah. this, like, it's almost like you, you didn't take anything of, of, like, Brave. And, like, this is, like, your strictly, like, your own thing, which you know so it's almost like you kind of divided yourself like you're like okay brave's cool yeah you have your influence in brave and you have your sound in there but it didn't necessarily come over with you like this is like something completely different than what you're used to playing so was it kind of like a like cathartic thing like or was it was this kind of like a sudden thing where you're just like oh i i I didn't know i had this in me like that you know um I wouldn't say it's like cathartic. It was more just, um, you know, again, me coming from like a, you know, different sort of background of music, you know, just wanting to explore this. And again, knowing that, you know, have these extremely talented musicians within Brave, it's like, why don't we like focus in on um, doing music in this style and maybe, you know, playing things a little bit differently or like in the case of like the vocals, you know, one of the things that we were uh, pretty, pretty cognizant of when we were recording was, or, for the most part when we're mixing is how do we, you know, not have the vocals necessarily be at the forefront. You know, this is, uh, it's not vocal driven. It's like the, it's the vocals are another component of the overall 
know, wall of sound. It, it's, right, you know, right. it's not, so um, with it trying to be more, you know, akin to what you would hear, like with like a more of like an ambient kind of um, album where it's, you, you want to get lost in it, you know, even though it's still within the, the guise of a, you know, a rock sound and you have sort of similar structures to rock music or whatever. It's not really, a lot of those songs really aren't um, something you can just like sit down and quickly listen to and, and get some, it, it's, it's, you have to really sit down and, and take some time with it and, and, and then run through it. So um, for people that are really into, you know, eight minute long songs and, you know, again, atmospherics and all that, you know, this is, something that I think you'll dig if you're looking for like three and a half minute, like pop rock ish kind of songs, you're going to be disappointed. <laughs> Keep moving, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. exactly. And that's intentional. So it's like, if, if that's not for you, you know, then, then cool. <laughs> There's plenty you know, of that I, out there. Yeah. I mean, because listening to the album, one of the things that struck me the most, of course, is you know, being a, such a fan of melody that I am. Like, I love the melodic sound of it, but I'm also very much into soundscapes also. Mm-hmm. I think just over the past year or two, I started to really get into making instrumental music and stuff, yeah. like using synths right. and stuff like that. Yeah. But So that that kind of took me into another direction, listening to things like this uh I don't know, like like very kind of synth-driven musicians who have things on uh, Spotify that no one would yeah. ever hear of. Like, there's an artist called Applefish who does some incredible stuff, and Starhopper right. who does like these incredible kind of like sleepscape sonic, yeah, space yeah, yeah. soundtracks. Yep. You know, and when I was listening to the Day of Departure, what I loved is that that is integrated in there. Yep, as as this element that keeps it from being full on metal keeps it from being progressive but Mm -hmm. it's this layer of something that's there that i don't hear a whole lot of and with michelle's vocals in there it's got that kind of ethereal thing it does create that kind of space the kind of vibe to it now what about the concept though of because there's definitely a concept to this to the album and You and I were talking a little earlier is that obviously it's up for interpretation by (laughs) whatever it is. Yeah. But that's the great thing about music, right? Is that somebody can look at it and go, oh, this is totally, you know, commentary on the on the political and social status of our world right now. Whereas like someone like me, I could even look into it and go, I can hear the darkness, but to me, it was kind of escapism. Right. You know, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I mean, it, that, and, you know, we get, um, when describing the concept for people, you know, they're, they're, they're very much asking about like, what's the motivation behind it? What's the actual sort of narrative. And I think for, for me, it was more of like, like just what you're saying, like we wanted to have these loose concepts of, you know, destruction, need for escape, you know, um, trying to find a, a new path forward, evolving into a new reality and um, letting people like, interpret it, you know, just have your own sort of, you have a, you have a, a sense of what it's, um, what we're trying to convey in each of the different songs and each song has that own, their own little subconcept, but not wanting to be like overly, you know, on the head with respect to like the story or what have you. Right. It's not like, you know, we're, we're writing literature. It's more just trying to 
frame something for you as you listen to the album. It's like progressing through this this story, this uh, rough narrative. Um, that makes you know to also have it as a soundtrack, you know, to that whole concept as well too. Mm-hmm. So, like, what was uh, when you were writing the album and you were mm-hmm. kind of you know formulating the whole concept of it? Did you actually have that kind of in mind where you were like, this could be some like like literal commentary here or? Mm-hmm. Did you, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm getting hung up here on what I'm trying to say, but basically in other <laughs> words, it's like, it's like, did you go in and being like, you know, okay, I'm going to address this, but I'm going to make it so that it's more fantasy based mm. or did you kind right, of right, come right. at it more like being ambiguous on purpose? Yeah. If that makes sense. Uh, definitely ambiguous on purpose. For okay. one thing, I guess one of the things is that, you know, the, the writing process starts mainly from the standpoint of like the music, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it's, um, I don't typically write with the standpoint of from like a narrative. It's something that I definitely would like to explore, like thinking about a specific story or a concept and then write music to that. Mm-hmm. In this case, it was more of, you know, just hearing a progression of songs and then just, you know, writing them out and then thinking about the, the framework of the album. And then it's like, Oh, this kind of works for this concept. And, and let me start writing some lyrics that, that reflect this. So mm-hmm. it was, it was, more of that process as opposed to there being like this set story and like, Oh, I want to write a whole album <laughs> set to this, this story. It, it happened, it happened organically, organically through the music itself. But uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to, to just, Scott and I have actually talked about that. We should totally just write out a story and then write mm-hmm. basically a soundtrack to it. But neither of us are really great writers, you know, like, you know, in terms of like narrative. So <laughs> Uh, whatever you guys are incredible you guys are great but but that totally answered my question because it's funny because uh you know in my mind when i was listening to the album there was a part of me that was like okay i could kind of hear this being a conceptual you know narrative but at the same time i was able to listen to the album on shuffle and not feel like I was coming in in the middle of a right. story or something and going like, wait, what happened? Do I need to go yeah. you know, back? But you know, it's almost kind of like dark side of the moon, right? In the sense that, you know, you can listen to dark side of the moon in sequence because it's made to be listened to in sequence. But if you listen to it out of sequence, the songs aren't really related. They're just kind of sonically tied together, you know? And so that's kind of what, that's what I enjoyed about the album. But at the yeah. same time, there was a part of me that, you know, there's the Queensryche fan of me that's like, you know, <laughs> you know, I want the epic. I want the opera. Right, right. I want the, you know, the dark side of the moon comparison is, is that's, that's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if you play this album to the wizard of Oz, it doesn't sync up. So just, you know, making sure you understand that. <laughs> so. I actually heard that if you play it along with the wrath of Khan, that they actually all end up on Fantasy Island, you know, with you know, Ricardo Montalban. No, if you, it's actually, if you play it at the very beginning of The Phantom Menace, the Star Wars, it still doesn't make the movie any better. <laughs> so here, here, here's what, you, here's how you need to, yeah, see, this is where you should just go ahead and hire me, you know, because I've got these great <laughs> ideas, is that here's what you need, here's, here's how you push the album, you say, 
put it on as the, at the same time as Phantom Menace starts, but then turn Phantom Menace off and continue to listen. And then it'll just be this experience. Right, 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 right exactly. <laughs> In fact, take your Phantom Menace VHS tape and throw it out the window and then like, you'll, you'll just enjoy it even more. <laughs> it's like a meme one time that said how to watch Phantom Menace. And it said, open up the op- open up DVD case, throw in trash. <laughs> <laughs> That's that's pretty spot on. Me and my buddy James were, you know, we're always talking about, you know, just the star Wars franchise and stuff like that. And yeah. um, I just, oh, it, it, it always bugged me. and still bugs me to this day that the prequels were supposed to be before, obviously, you know, you know, you, you know, a new hope and all that, but it looked so modern and shit. And right, just right, like, right, really? Right. Like that's supposed to be before like the Dune sea and shit. <laughs> it's just <sighs> too much, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, I say all this, right? But I've seen all the movies like a billion times, right? I, you know, it's just you just oh yeah, you hate you hate watch it. I don't know, <laughs> but it's on cable. To. Like I'm in, I'm watching it, of course. <laughs> like, I think it was probably about eight years ago, nine years ago. So, like, my wife was such a good sport, and she was like, "All right, you know what? We're gonna watch all six of them because you know it was, uh, that was all the before the was okay, the time. Uh-huh. you know, yeah. poor thing, man." she fell asleep right before the battle at indoor, you know, and she made it all the way. And then she was, and then I, and I didn't have the heart to wake her up, you know? So I was just like, wow, you really pushed through it. It's okay. Oh, I mean, the fact that she made it, that's a good run. Minutes, that's so a, attack of the clones and all that crap. That's a, like, yeah. That is a pretty good run. Yes. <laughs> a, oh, man. Solid run, you know? Hey, look, I went and saw Han Solo twice. Oh, <laughs> Why? Man, okay, that that's that's the one. I've only seen that once. I saw it in the theater. Yeah, I've yet to see it again. I went opening I night, and I went with my brother, like yeah. a week later, and it didn't get better. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Sometimes you know it's interesting. Sometimes, like I'm a huge movie nut just in general. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I'll just in pandemic has been killer because i haven't been able to go to the movies until you know fairly recently mm-hmm. um but i find myself like you know going in always with like really high expectations for everything and then you know kind of being like ah it was good but then on subsequent watches it's like oh i get more of this i understand more of that and mm-hmm. it, I always, it always is a better experience after you know, repeated viewings mm-hmm. but um I never want to watch the solo movie again. I don't, I don't think I want to watch that. I, I almost I don't forgot care. it existed until I just brought it up. <laughs> I know, exactly. You Damn put that back you, in my Matt Kozlov, right, exactly. reminding me that Solo exists. <laughs> <laughs> and the Phantom Menace. Good God, man. So, truthfully, the whole Day of Departure concept album mm-hmm. was to ultimately create a situation where we have this interview and for me to bring back solo into your mind it was, it was my basic inception i tried to and i'm incepting you with the movie solo this is wow okay this is like the metaverse mark zuckerberg is like you know rolling over in his grave i am so glad i did not take an edible before this interview because i would be like <laughs> under the desk fetal position being like gotta go no can't do it too much <laughs> oh man that's hilarious but 
but you know, the, uh, yeah, and I love, I love the breakouts like this uh, when they happen it's always exciting for me because it means like, we're, you know, we're engaging, but yep. like, I do love that to, to kind of go back when we were talking about like narratives was that like with the whole idea of concept albums, like to me, and this is just my opinion. I feel like mm-hmm. if you're going to do it, like you get one good one, like that's just my, <laughs> it, right, right. my experience, you know, like, yeah. With a full on, like to me, like Queensryche had mind crime, you know, mm-hmm. like that was their magnum opus for that. Right. But my favorite album is Promised Land, which is the one that came mm-hmm. out two albums later because mm-hmm. of the idea that each song was its own concept. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so yep. you didn't really get like the whole mind crime kind of story to it, but you, you did get songs that were mm-hmm. that were full of depth you know right and i yeah, feel like that yeah, that's yeah. what i got on this with yep. the day of departure so if you had to kind of foresee or kind of like in your mind if you were excited about mm-hmm. visiting a narrative or a concept like what would that look like i mean like what do you think like where would you pull that inspiration from yeah well i mean i mean i had to go back to you know, more sci-fi movies. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just go back to the catalog and, and think about different aspects, different um, components of it. I mean, I think, you know, one of the things, so for Day of Departure, you know, I'd have to really think about that. And again, because it, it happened so organically, mm-hmm. um, it wasn't anything that was really that intentional. So it's, it's just one of those days, it's just, it just kind of comes to you. You know, it, it sounds corny, but that, that's just kind of how it worked, you know? um that's the best stuff though is that when it it's not forced you know yeah i mean when it kind of presents itself to you you know as opposed to you having to dig for it or so right 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 and it's not like it's a it's a brand new concept it's it's basically concepts that we know from you know we read comics and you know watch sci-fi movies it's it's something similar but again it's just the that my own interpretation of that whole you know narrative story so Mm-hmm. um yeah it, it, it just it'll come to me you know <laughs> yeah. so won't force it and and um just have that be something that uh the minute you force it is the minute it just it, it's 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 terrible <laughs> oh so, yeah so it might be like maybe 10 years from now when you have the next day of departure album or something but <laughs> it'll be uh it'll be intentional and it'll be organic <laughs> well that'll be seven years before the next brave album <laughs> <laughs> well you know <laughs> We've got a, we got a lot of irons in the fire. We got a lot of projects happening, you know. Hey, so. man. Yeah. And, and 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 I'm glad you actually said that because you know, be, like I said, like being a fan of Brave, like I am, though, is that one of the things I do love about this whole concept is that there seems like that there's more. It's more open for there mm-hmm. to be a flow of music, and you know, I was actually talking to Michelle about this a couple of days. Is that like, you know, do you feel like it might even maybe like alleviate some stress from the core mm-hmm. band, you're brave to, because you guys are able to kind of do these breakout projects that it might alleviate some sort of stress to be like, okay, we, we can kind of gravitate back towards this instead of everyone sitting on their hands going. Yeah. I, I think- album or what? What are we doing? Right. No, ex- exactly. I think that that's, that's the thing that, you know, we experienced quite a few times where we didn't have a specific outlet. Like, you know, we all of a sudden would write like three or four 
songs ideas like you know down tune doom all right what are we gonna do with that you know it's like, it's like what we were feeling at the time and it was like this that is should really be cool a song, song title down right. tune doom <laughs> and it's like it was just it was in the moment it was it was we liked it and it's just like we didn't really have that outlet you know and um i think now with the very music concept it's like maybe it wouldn't necessarily evolve into that specific project but we have other venues to explore some of that again those varied influences that we all bring to the table um to just get music out to be i mean it's all about being creative you know and i think that we're all creative individuals whether it's with the music with the the lyrics with like the associated art or videos that we're you know putting out to promote the material um it's just it's just a an outlet so actually to your point earlier about it being cathartic it's it's a creative outlet that you know gets us away from the the day-to-day <laughs> nonsense that we deal with that you know, i think that's why you know it's what we enjoy it's what we you know we live for so it's 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 definitely great from that regard well it's i mean it's that creative outlet but without having to have the frustration of being in one band not mm-hmm. being able to be creative or being kind of at like a crossroad where, like you said, with having so many irons, you know, in the fire, it's almost like there's really no middle ground. It's either like you do it all by yourself or mm-hmm. you're with a, a really good group of people that share your ideas and your ideals right, and right, your right, visions right. Yep. and do so by saying like, you know, there's no egos here. If this is your thing, what do you want us to do and how right. are we going to do this? You right. know? And that's the thing, like, you know, like what you just said, like we, we all work too well together and, you know, we can collaborate. It just, you know, there wasn't up until recently those specific outlets and now, mm-hmm. you know, a, a myriad of factors, right? The fact that we can record <laughs> at will and collaborate in that regard. And, and I think it's, it's makes it a lot easier to um, put something out. So mm-hmm. One of the things I know from just experience of recording at home and recording on your own is that sometimes I feel like you run the risk of going total guns and roses, Chinese democracy. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like, Oh my God, I'm not ready to let this go. Da, 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 you know, mm-hmm, things like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. with this project, again, with this kind of being your thing was that was it at any point hard for you to let something go and to like, to where you were like, ah, I just wish I could have held on to that a little longer. And if that was hard, how did the other members play into kind of being like, Nope, come on, Matt, that's you're good. Right. <laughs> you know, um, you don't need you know, two I'm... more tracks of synth on this. Like we're good. Right. <laughs> you know? Well, so that's, that's, that's a good, uh, I think a question. So I think, for me, it's it's less about um, you know the the mix and the actual sounds and getting like the perfect amount of compression and EQing and it, like that doesn't matter to me. It's yeah. like if you can get the general vibe of the song and it conveys again either the vibe, the feel, you know, and it's not the most polished of recordings. Let's get it out. You know, I don't want to like you know spend months and months and months of trying to perfect. Um, the, the specific sound of it, if it ultimately captures the spirit of what the music is trying to do. And a lot of the, um, actually all of the mixing was done by Trevor, um, the drummer for, for Brave. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, you know, we 
we talked about um, just like the the general concept of like the the sound and you had some ideas for other albums that were kind of similar to what we were trying to achieve. And he did an amazing job of you know getting us to where you know we wanted to to, to have it. And it just went fairly quickly um, for from that standpoint. Now, as we got to the point where like the mixes were were sounding good and all, that's where it was like. Oh yeah, we should have another guitar part here, and all. so that's the part that's where, where it gets know, dangerous. We want, that, right well, <laughs> well, and I think it gets back to like you wanting to make sure that there was a consistency across the album with like the the big sound, the layers, and all that. And, and right, right. You know, as you were going through and and you know recording this over the course of like you know two years or so, it, it, something sound sounded good at that point in time, and it's like eh as everything is sort of framing out and getting a bigger picture of the album, this doesn't quite cut it as the rest of the stuff does. So what, what can we do here to, to, to get it to be more, a little bit more consistent with the overall album concept, even though, you know, like, like you were saying, we still, each of the songs has its own vibe feel that they can stand on their own. You know, you want to have some consistency through the, throughout the album. So, and then, you know, one of the things was just trying to continue to explore different ways, different, um, textures with the guitars and, and, and all that. And, you know, one of the things that uh, we do quite a bit on this album and, and try to do in the stellar death stuff is try to get to atmospherics by playing guitar and not keyboards. So a lot of the like right. ethereal stuff that you hear on the album is, it's not keys. We don't, we have very few key parts on the album. So just trying to, you know, repurpose the guitar in different ways and in, in approaching uh, guitar through, you know, whether it's like playing Ebo or just washing things out with verb and, and all oh, that. Yeah. Something we uh, we try to we pride ourselves in trying to you know explore guitar in, in that way as well too. That goes back to that uh, somewhere in time, the maiden concept mm-hmm. of you know I don't know if you remember, but if uh, what, I think was it on the back of Power Slave or in the liner notes where it says something about like, they boast like, like there were no keyboards used in the making of this album. And all of a sudden somewhere in time comes back and it's like synth guitar by Dave. Murphy. Right, right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but exactly. again, it kind of goes back to that whole thing, which I loved was that, you know, it, it's, it's that kind of mounting on t- or, you know, bonding onto technology mm. without it, you know, kind of like Rush talks about like in spirit, you know, spirit of radio, you know, all this machinery mm-hmm. making modern music and still be open hearted. Right, right, you know? right, so right. it's like you right. can take these things yeah. and still create something really beautiful, even though it might be somewhat of a synthetic sound. But right. the fact right, that right. you were using guitars on this was, was, uh, was it's pretty mind bending, actually. So, yeah. like, how did you? I, I mean, like, how did you get to those sounds? I mean, like, is that something translating the sounds from your head to like the actual what's coming out of speakers? Like, how hard or yeah. possible was that? You know. So I mean, I, you know, I think it it comes a lot from the influences. You know, um, I don't know what you'll think about this, but you know, a, a big guitar influence for me was is the is the Edge from U two. I mean, he was one mm-hmm. of the first. Um, uh, guitar players that you know I, I recognize that used ebo and like really sustained mm-hmm. sounds and um like the pedaling on the on the guitar for like that like jangly kind of sound which i for me i don't know if this is like you know documented history of how like post-rock evolved but like a lot mm-hmm. of that those kind of sounds or whatever 
made their way into what you know explosions in the sky mono those types of bands do with like their trim picking and all that so mm-hmm. it was kind of like you know playing metal really fast metal you know the trim picking stuff comes second nature so it's like well why don't we why don't we start you know spacing out with it and, and i think uh just my interpretation of or the combination of all those different influences you know sort of have evolved into being able to like create these these different kind of textures which i think have been you know interesting to integrate into the into the music so it's it's been fun you know exploring that because i'm always curious about uh, folks like you who make this kind of music because it's kind of it's pretty far removed from the kind of music that i generally make on my own Mm-hmm. Um, but just since I started getting into the instrumental music is that, you know, and I'm curious to know if this is how you are, is that I used to think that it started out with a sound in your head and then you had to find it. But for me, what I've noticed is that I, it, it, it's, it's kind of weird that it's the other way around and it doesn't seem like it would make sense, but it's almost like you play with the sounds and then you're like, okay, that's it. That's what was yeah, that's what I'm trying yeah. to use. If that makes sense, it's almost like trying to find the word. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, is that kind yeah, of how yeah, it was yeah. like that. Yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's there's that, and it's also like you, you know, just you're sort of reflecting. You're like, I want to, I want to have a song that is just really lush, layered, that then just devolves into chaos, and it's yeah. like. All right, that, that, that doesn't tell you anything about like you know <laughs> what kind of notes to use or whatever. But you're just like kind of going with that effect. It's going to be you know? right, right, right. You're just kind of going with that kind of like overall structure, like that 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 dynamic that you want to achieve with the song, and then it evolves into whatever it is. And it's like, all right, that's cool. So um, that's that's generally how I will approach writing is trying to figure out what kind of dynamics or emotions or vibes that you know we're trying to trying to create and. and you know, it could be that, you know, if you're trying to have more atmosphere to it, it's like, okay, I have some standby <laughs> sounds and, and styles to, to go to and then see where that evolves uh, versus that of, you know, something a little bit more on the, you know, you want to get aggressive or um, more on the metal end of things, you know, just you, you gravitate towards those sounds and, and styles. That's it. That's so fascinating. To me is is just sound. Like I feel like mm-hmm. for so long, just being a folk singer and songwriter, like I'd been for years, is that y- you don't really grab the concept of sound except for, you know, I'm looking for warmth. Like what kind of sound I'm getting from a guitar uh-huh. or where the mic placement is going to be. But you know, yeah. once you you know, now that I've gotten really into soundscapes and stuff, that is a whole thing. That's like now I'm, my ears are tuned. Yeah. completely different and in listening to this album that was one of the things that really kind of excited me was because uh, i love that it was it, it, it's a listening album like you said earlier right. like you know there's some albums you can put on in the background while you're you're working and not paying attention to it and this is one of those albums but mm-hmm. it's one of those albums though that at the same time i might have it on while i'm doing something and then all of a sudden i'll go you know what i need to stop i need to you know Right. really listen to this and i put the earbuds in and there's a lot of attention right. to detail that went into right. creating a great scape for that album yep 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 no definitely appreciate that i mean there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of intentionality that went into all that so mm-hmm. um you know i think the other thing that try to do is 
have this, these varied layers as well too, in terms of like the, the different textures, whether it's the, the spacey guitars or bringing in more of like you know, your mild distortion guitars and then getting heavy and all that. And I think, you know, the, I think the point you were making earlier that is really um, a factor with us being able to write music like, like this now is that we're not constrained by, you know, the one amp that we have in our bedroom, right. That, that we're playing, but we have, Thank you know, God, man. <laughs> a lot different plugins among kids, right? So it's just like it's just it's it's almost you know overwhelming how much you have access to to think about different soundscapes and all that. So it's really it's yeah it's 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 really freeing and, and I think it allows you to you know really explore those things that you maybe always had in your mind that you didn't have the right gear or, or avenue to really explore it. And now it's like yep, all right, I can figure that out now <laughs> with like eighteen hundred reverbs. <laughs> It's it it's t- seriously it's a wonder to me how anybody uh, I don't know how so I'm 48 so I don't know how old you are but like it, it's a wonder to me that anyone my age actually stayed trying to be a musician because shit, <laughs> like I had I had an a PV audition 20 practice amp that had like a pull blue knob for distortion oh yeah yeah, yeah of and it was yeah. terrible. And right. I just remember, but I played the fuck out of thing. I played it in my first band and everything. And now like, I, you know, I've got Amplitube and, you know, I, 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 yeah, I've got all these rack effects and all this shit. And I'm going, it's so depressing. Like, where was that shit when I was like 13, man, I would have, I would have never left the room. <laughs> right, I barely right, right, did right. as it was, but yeah. you know, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's Good and bad. You know, one of the things that um, actually Scott and I always talk about is how, you know, you have all these different um, abilities, that, you know, access all these different sounds. And mm-hmm. um, it's, it's, it's really good from a creative standpoint, but it's also, I don't know, just for me, uh, current music, everything sounds so overproduced and pristine that mm-hmm. everyone sounds the same. So like you think back to like, I don't know, like the grunge era, like where everyone, you know, mm-hmm. like um, love it or hate it, you know, you you had all these different bands that are part of this, you know, sound or movement or whatever. And they all sound vastly different, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's kind of like the, you know, one of the last eras of music where I, I don't, I don't, I don't, don't quote me on this, but, you know, it seems like that was right before the, the move over to digital recording, like fully. And I think just you lose something by virtue of the fact that, everyone can sound perfect. You know, you're not constrained by, you know, whatever gear you have, whatever studio you're working in and, mm-hmm. you know, to create that own unique sound for yourself. Um, so uh, it's a blessing and a curse, I think, in that we have access to all this gear that, you know, can make us sound fantastic. But on the same token, like we all sound fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean, not everyone's writing, not everyone is going to say write good music, but it all right. sounds good. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's funny because I was talking to a band, uh, some friends of mine from Finland, uh, Jess and the Ancient Ones, who they're they're kind of mm-hmm. like an occult rock band, and mm-hmm. they record digital, but mm-hmm. they they figured out a way that that, that kind of goes back to like what you were saying is that like you know while they've got all these things at, at their fingertips, yeah. they were like we don't have to use it. Right, like we right, can right, right. we can just mic the amp and go into yeah. a mixer and then into the you know computer or whatever and you know take an analog approach to you know right 
recording digitally because to record analog is insanely expensive now, you know? Yes. Exactly. So, exactly. you know, so there is this way of approaching it. Like you said, like with, you know, even though if you have like way too many, like you don't mm-hmm. have to use any or you don't have to use all, or you don't have to use any, you know? Right. 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 And, right. Um, you know, but, there but was it's that- so easy. It's so easy just to turn that compressor plug in on and make it sound great. <laughs> like, oh my God. But it's like, you know, it, you know, it's so funny. Cause like when I go back and I, you know, like you listen to some of those real raw eighties metal albums, and I was mm-hmm. listening to stay hungry the other day by twisted sister. Mm-hmm. And those guitar tones are just horrible. Like they're so gnarly, <laughs> right. man. Right. But it's like, so, I mean, like you can hear the pick, you know, kind of scraping yeah. on the string and, you know, and right. like the, the pull-offs on the, you know, when they're, when JJ French yeah, is doing yeah, his lead, yeah. you know, and I'm going, I'm thinking to myself, like, you know, there was this age of innocence to it, but kind of like what you said, right. though, I can tell the difference between, you know, JJ French's rhythm playing and say KK Downing's playing mm-hmm. on Screaming for Vengeance versus, you know, Warren DeMartney from Rat, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so you had like, right three completely distinct sounds yep. none of them were like overly processed it was like whatever amp they were using whatever guitar they were using you know if they yep. frankensteined yep. their instrument or whatever yeah yeah exactly exactly yeah i mean that's that's i don't know i feel like we're missing something <laughs> um, well, i'm missing out on for that now <laughs> oh to make, <laughs> <laughs> to make it <laughs> I'm sure there is. Let me just use this plugin called Sounds Like Nothing. You know? (laughs) (laughs) That, that, yeah. I'm pretty sure that probably, that that has to exist. Because you thought of it, it it exists. (laughs) That was kind of like, like I knew we had hit some sort of a really weird musical pothole when they came out with the grunge guitar pedal. Do you remember that? (laughs) Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember going, really? Like, it's like an overdriven Marshall combo that's what that is man like right right made right, a right. pedal for it <laughs> <It's> like... yeah <laughs> uh, i don't know man but so what do they like to do towards the end of, end, of, end of an interview when i'm talking to people is especially because people are going to be hearing this for the first time and yep. they don't necessarily know that you know you're an awesome dude or whatever, or maybe by <laughs> hopefully at this point they'll know, but like, I love to ask like curious questions, you know, like, um, you know, like what was it that made you pick up a guitar? Like what, you know, we all have that story, you know, but yeah. what was that moment for you? Yeah. I mean, uh, it's a couple of different things. I mean, my, um, my uncle, he, uh, had played the guitar and was just always sort of drawn to it. And, um, you know, got into, was always into music. And then, um, it was like the, I'm a little bit younger than you. So it was like the late, uh, early nineties, ladies or early nineties when I really got into, you know, Metallica and, and, you know, into grunge, Alice in Chains and, you know, uh, Nirvana was was huge for me. Making (laughs) me feel it's common, man. I was was in middle school and middle school, uh, when, you know, Nirvana, nevermind came on, came on the radio and it was just like such a different sound. Uh-huh. And I mean, all it was like, you know, it was all the, the metal stuff and, and that, mm-hmm. um, it's like, I gotta play guitar. So, <laughs> so I got a guitar in, uh, seventh grade and, and it just played and played and played and played, played, you know, most of high school just <laughs> came home, played guitar and, uh, 
um, it was, I mean, it was really just born out of a love of, of music and, and guitar was the, the option to, to, you know, try to get into a band and, and, and all that. So now are you trained? Like, do you have any lessons or are you completely self-taught? No, I took, uh, it actually, the high school I went to was great. I actually, uh, had a guitar class all four years of high school that, you know, didn't get like, you know, one-on-one instruction, but right. for 45 minutes every day, I got to play guitar <laughs> and we learned lots of theory. That's, cool. and, That's awesome. Yeah, it, was, it was awesome. It was fantastic. Yeah. But we got, you know, we got some basic theory stuff and mm-hmm. it was also, you know, there was, you know, 15 other kids playing guitar. Everyone had different styles and like, you know, part of the, uh, the curriculum was that you had to, you know, play guitar, you know, play you know, duets and, and, you know, play with each other in terms of like um, working on timing and all that. And it was just, it was great you know not only from the standpoint of just learning to play guitar but learning how to play with you know other musicians so that was that was huge and then had you know separate lessons uh from that for once i really really got into the guitar i was like you yeah, know I, I need to like take it into the next step in terms of just like technique and all that so mm-hmm. had some private lessons for a while um never got to the point where you know i can like sweet pick like ingway or anything like that but just you know got enough <laughs> technique and um, you know, practice to, to get by. <laughs> yeah. So learning that, like you said, like learning how to play with another guitar player, like, do you find yourself preferring to play with a second guitar player or do you ever feel like you'd like to just sometimes be the only one or at um, some point be the only one, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I guess I never really think about it from that standpoint. I always think about like whenever I'm writing, I'm writing with the mindset of having four or five guitars playing, you know? Oh, yeah, okay. So whether, whether you can, it can be just one other guitar player sort of approximating what we're, I mean, casual here on the day of departure stuff, there's tons of guitars <laughs> layered mm-hmm. on top. So, um, yeah. I, and I think that there's different ways that we know if, if we eventually play this stuff live, we can, you know, figure out how who will do what, when, but, um, yeah, I think it's it's always with the mindset of having, you know, other guitarists playing at the at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I think the part that was critical is just having uh that be the basis to have rhythm. <laughs> you know, not Oh yeah, um, yeah. So, you know, like um playing to a metronome it was is, is always helpful, but you know, just being able to adapt to others and their rhythmic, you know, sort of tendencies, you know, whether you're playing in front of or behind the beat and and all that, I think that that was really helpful to to be able to uh, to play with others and you know in bands and what have you over the years. I mean, because you know, you know, it's such a different approach when you're you know composing, writing, you know, conceptualizing mm-hmm. music in your head. If you're you know, if if you've got that sound already in, kind of ingrained in you that it's going to be for multiple mm-hmm. guitars, that that's a cool thing because that means you're mm-hmm. you know would it be hard hard for you to transition though like let's say if you had to do something and well actually i've seen brave with you <laughs> as just the guitar player when scott oh right right make it <laughs> yeah. like was that, that was a, that was, a, that was challenging yes <laughs> i was just gonna say like so like how was that i mean i mean i mean how was it i mean i could tell you it was awesome you know mm-hmm. so yeah you know, you know, tough shit for scott but like i thought you guys were amazing <laughs> you know right. but and i love the guy but like what what challenges did that present to you though like having to kind of figure out what your part was or what to 
Uh, it, it's not so much that. I mean, I think we can, we can play the parts so we know the parts. It's more of when you're playing live, what's, what's the part that's going to be important for the, the live setting for the song to sound like the song? Mm-hmm. You know, is it that, you know, um, that little melody part that you're playing um, in addition to like the rhythm part or are you going to let, you know, Shuvo on violin do his thing and, and or have him like do some of the guitar uh, mm-hmm. parts. So it, it's uh, trying to figure all that stuff out and i think in, in brave having the violinist being able to you know fill in for some of those those gaps was 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 helpful but um right you know being able to you know with the brave stuff you know we we know all the different parts it wasn't it wasn't so much of a challenge it was just mm-hmm. again trying to make sure that whatever we're, we're doing stays true to the to the song so i mean we pulled it off it was it was fine but it definitely sounds much better when we have the full complement of the <laughs> of the six of us playing I, I I love it all to be honest. Yeah, right, 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 right. All right. So, what was you, what was the first concert you ever went to? First real, I'd say like a real rock concert was uh, Van Halen and Vince Neil. I saw that tour too. Yeah, <laughs> it was like what was it, like seventh grade or something like that. Yeah, oh, so it was. Yeah, yeah. 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 I just gotten out of high school, I think. Uh, was really? like 92? <laughs> was that like that? It's like 90. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah 93. Exactly, yeah. Exactly. And Vince yeah. Neil was like, at that point, I was like, yeah, it was fine. But it was, um, he had Steve Stevens playing guitar. I remember that. He had Steve Stevens and he had the guy from Enough's Enough playing drums. I don't remember. Right, that. right. Yeah. But Steve Stevens, he, so he's another guy that like I love because he was always taking the guitar to different places, not being, he, he could play the crap out of it too. But um, just, you know, being innovative on it, you know, and that was just right. that struck a chord with me about how he was able to just create all these wacky sounds, mm-hmm. but not doing it, you know, doing it in service to the music and, and the song and not just right. as a gimmick, you know, like, um, just for show or whatever, like, you know, like the guy from Jackal using a chainsaw or whatever. <laughs> That's a random pull. I don't know what made me think of that. <laughs> it's a little too close to home. Literally, you know, they're from here, right? You know, so oh, like, oh, that's oh, right. It's terrible. <laughs> oh my god, dude. I don't know what it is about Atlanta. Man, I haven't thought about like, Jackal in twenty five years. Man, what was that? What was their their big hit song? I can't remember. It's a lumberjack song or a lumberjack, lumberjack song. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, man! I don't know where that came from. Maybe maybe it was I, just because knowing you're in, in Georgia, it was like, man. I, I need to stop talking to you, man, because between solo and Jackal and like, I feel like, you know, bad shit comes in threes, man. There's going to be like one more and something really bad's going to happen. You know, you're going to bring up something really bad. Like, uh, I don't know. Just give it some time. It'll happen. Uh, we still got just a little bit. Dude, if you message me one day, you're going to be like, Vixen. I'm going to be like, ah. <laughs> Oh man! So, what was the last show you saw? Uh, uh, actually went with my niece this fall to see a band. Oh man, what was the name of the band? Ah, shoot! They have a real, I think, Springsteen vibe, but they're like more millennials. Um, the the Bleachers. So oh, it was a never, good, it, never. yeah. It, so she, she had a, an extra ticket and it was like, you want to go? And it, it was actually, they were playing at the, um, at the Anthem in DC. I don't know. Oh, if, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
Did, have you been to a show there when you've been? No, but I'm familiar with oh, it because there were a the couple venues. of times that I was thinking about going. Like it's like a cool little like theater I venue, mean, right? Anytime yeah. there's like anyone of remote interest to go see live there, like just got to go because the venue is super cool. And I was like, yeah, I'll go. It'll be the first time seeing a, a concert since the, the pandemic hit. And uh, it was actually really good. You know, it was a good vibe. It was kind of, you know, it's not the kind of music I, I don't, I won't listen to it per se, but right, just right. in the live setting, it was energetic. And um, I mean, you said you felt old in this interview. I mean, I felt old, dude. <laughs> it, was just, <laughs> it was like this. Uh, I don't even know if they're probably millennials. They're probably too old, like whatever, Gen Z. <laughs> so. But it, it was it was good. It was a good uh, it was a good comeback from uh, from not seeing a show for such a long time. Yeah, I I, I have to say, there's you know, I, I think for a, a couple of years I was okay, I was good, and then you know, but now I'm starting to kind of miss seeing certain acts. Yeah, you know, like yeah, like it definitely made me weed out. Like it's like okay, like you know, you can only see Guar so many times. I'm like, I think I've seen Guar <laughs> like way you know more than the average person needs to see Guar, so I'm good. Right. You know, right, it, right but right. at the same time, I was like, you know, like you know, Jeff Tate's talking about doing Promised Land in its entirety next. Year. I was like, oh, know, that'd be I, cool. I'm going to that. You know what I mean? Right, and so it's right, kind of right, it's right. kind of interesting how the yeah. time away really kind of you know, like you said earlier, kind of not only just drew us into music, but kind of drew us into, you know, watching movies and television. So oh, yeah, yeah, what yeah. was your exactly. binge watch for the pandemic? Oh, what was it? My binge watch. Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, it was just, I mean, like so much stuff. I'm trying to think of all the things that I went through. So I, I mean, you know, apropos to this conversation, I did a rewatch of the entirety of Star Trek next generation. So season. Yeah. And I need to it was do just, that. It was amazing. Oh my god, just so good. I'm, I'm I kind of, you know, lost some steam for a while there. I'm mm-hmm. now on Deep Space Nine, going a little oh, yeah. bit slower. <laughs> yeah. But um, you know, that that was huge. And then I, uh, again, just being into like all the anything sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I got into Rick and Morty. I don't know if you're into. I haven't actually even watched that. No, dude. Good. You're missing out. You got it. <laughs> I need you to like interview stops right now <laughs> go and watch rick and morty because it's 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 just you know hilarious it's just it's like family guy meets all sorts and, and they, they they riff on all sorts of like sci-fi tropes and stuff and uh-huh. it's just it's stupid it's 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 just it's a great just half hour you know escapism mm-hmm. um you know commentary and all things you know sci-fi fantasy it, it, it's it's great so, oh, that's awesome! That is awesome. So, so that's right, so, that stuff. Yeah. Oh, 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 do you have another one that you you could recommend? Try, I mean, there's just so many things. I it, we'll just go with those. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 I have to. If, if you haven't watched Ozark yet, dude, I got totally sucked into that. That was great. Like I, okay. I watched the entire thing, and then uh, what we do in the shadows is probably the funniest thing I've seen in decades. Is that was yeah. Like, that was just. It's like the office with vampires. It was just great. I'm going to check that out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's definitely not family friendly though. So beware, you know, this is like an after hours show. (laughs) Got it. Got it. Got it. What is, what is an album in your opinion that you feel like everybody should own? Hmm. Wow. 
that's tough because I, I don't I don't know that like there's there's some sort of like overarching <laughs> musical sound. I don't know. I guess maybe I'm like navigating more towards like pop ish ACDC back in black. Oh, I like it. Traditionalist. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it just, what is it about that album? I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's just, uh, it's simple, but like it's, it has like an, an aggression to it. It's like the songs are extremely catchy. They're, they're hilarious. Like when you really, when you're like, as you get older, you're like reading the lyrics, like, Oh, that's what they really mean there. (laughs) Um, But it's just like, you can just, you know, bounce your head to it. And I think it cuts across all like anyone, you know, regardless of like your mainstay genre, I think, you know, people can just like feel the groove in it. And, 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 you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's just great. So actually my daughter is, uh, gonna be 13 next week and she wanted to get drums and so we got our so sorry got our, to hear that <laughs> our, we got electronic drum set electronic oh, she put on headphones so but um she's like oh what do i you know what do i do i was like just go listen to some acdc so AC/DC. she puts them back in black and she's like playing the beats and she's like oh i like this it's like yeah of course it's just you know it, it's i don't know it's accessible but like good i don't know so like between between that and the ramones it's like you know yeah, exactly. Anybody That's could a good do one. it. Yeah. Yep. 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 So I remember hearing Iron Maiden, you know, listening to Iron Maiden, you know, when I started playing guitar too, and just being like, I'm never going to play. This is so depressing. And then hearing the Ramones <laughs> and going, oh, well, I can do that. Right, right. That's pretty <laughs> fucking okay. Yeah, I can do that. Great. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Well, so, and then I guess the, the last one I got for you too is um, favorite Star Wars movie. There's, oh, I mean, there's, there's, it's hands down. This is unimpeachable, unimpeachable, undebatable Empire Strikes Back. With a close second, a close second, I don't know if this might be controversial, Rogue One. No, yes, dude. (laughs) That's the one. All right, dude, bro hugs when I see you, man, because that was totally, uh, yeah, I (laughs) can't. I can't even debate with you on this, man. I, I was kind of hoping you would say something else, you know, but drop the mic. It's done. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's it, man. You know, you know unless, unless you, you, you know, and I will, I, what I'd probably say would be uh, empire, then rogue one into a new hope. Like if you watch them back to back, Oh, okay. Okay. That, that rules, but you need to make sure well, you have nothing to do that day. If you're going to do that, because, <laughs> But yeah. truthfully, the, the, the third one for me is the Ewok movie. <laughs> like the literal Ewok. Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Is it, called the, is it called the Ewok movie? I don't even know what it's Did called. Did you ever see the, uh, it was like, the, were they like the, were they like made for TV movies too that were like Ewok movies? Did you, did you ever see it? It was like. Had like no relatable Star Wars characters in it at all. I don't know if I know that Ewoks. one. No. I don't know if I know weird, that man. <laughs> <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta search that out now. That's almost like that cartoon <laughs> droids. Did you ever see that? Cartoon oh, droids. No, no, no. That was like the oh, you gotta look that up. That it's horrendous. Okay. It's like the worst <laughs> animated like C three PO and R two D two, and it was like I think it, that, that was eighties. But oh, it was, okay, it's just okay. called okay. droids. Yeah, and it was terrible. Like, you know, 
like see so terrible like, like like he's so like terrible. crayon cool. yellow like there's like uh, no there's like no like like definition at all to like the character i mean it sounds great <laughs> it's amazing actually i've been watching him on youtube <laughs> <laughs> i think uh this past christmas i watched the, the star wars holiday special dude it's, we, it's i have a bootleg of it on uh dvd you know because it was yeah. like one time you could burn dvds off the internet yeah. and stuff and i downloaded it and um someone had created art for it you know like for the case and everything uh-huh. and there's a quote on the back of it from george lucas that said if i could find every copy of the star wars holiday special that existed i could i would get them all and burn them like <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing it's amazing i mean he's just not seen the vision of, of- of how amazing that that whatever that that variety hour was. <laughs> Let's talk about the Wookie porn. Do you remember that? Like when when the, the Wookiee grandpa's watching die, die, Look, we did it. We did it. Sexy this is the third thing that we don't want to think about. You know, <laughs> what? That's it. Wookie. That's it. That's it. Exactly. <laughs> we did it. We did it. By the way, we got there. For next Christmas, you want to do this? Is that you put uh, get people over? and put the holiday <laughs> special in dude i did this with, with my buddy james uh, when i uh-huh. went to go visit him one one year it was like right around christmas time and i brought it and there was like f- like three or four it was like his his uh, brother-in-law and his fiance and then his wife and me and him and like we put it in and dude they were like dropping like flies man like you'd look around the room and like one would be out and then like you'd look over and then like another would be out <laughs> <laughs> they were like sleep jerking and shit. Oh, <laughs> and James and I just like pushed through the whole. It was almost like, right, 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 like right, a duel. Right. It's, it's right, right. Like, <laughs> are you tapping out yet? Right. Are you done? Right, right. <laughs> oh man. So we 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 got the holy trinity of uh the solo movie, Jackal, and Wookiee Porn. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And with that being said, one more thing. Are you guys gonna do this live? Are you guys is day of departure gonna be a live thing at all and if so like what are your plans for it we we are definitely working on that um i think with things freeing up a little bit um maybe late summer fall maybe target some venues dates to see if we can get out there and and play this live so we'll see how it goes (laughs) dude well let me know and i'm 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 gonna come up in a, a, a crash in spotsylvania and perfect <laughs> <laughs> exactly I told michelle get the mint uh, on the pillow ready <laughs> yeah right. dude she's the hostess with the mostest though man oh absolutely like, yeah it's great yeah, i'm telling you man that was that was that was a great trip man but uh yeah yeah we'll we'll definitely we'll keep keep me posted on love yep, you know we'll do on, like when you're gonna be playing and like congrats on a great album again and it was really Thanks. good the the press has been really great. Everyone seems to really be enjoying it. I know I'm loving it. And it's been yeah. one of my favorite releases so far. So, uh, you know, kudos, man. Thanks for putting out such a great album. Thanks, man. This was fun. 